0: All right, guys. Welcome to the betrayed, the addicted, and the expert. My name is Brannon, and I am the expert.
1: I'm Ashlyn, and I am the be- betrayed.
2: And I'm
0: Kobe, the addicted. All right. So today's topic is is one that that I think is is pretty awesome. Um, the question I get all the time from guys is, "What can I do? What c- what can I do to to rebuild trust? Um, it seems like there's nothing I can do to to make this right." And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, we're going to give you the answers. What what can you do? How can you rebuild trust in the relationship? And so we have five things that we're going to go through and Ashley and Kobe are going to break them down and talk about them and how they work and why they work or, or what worked for them. Um, so let's jump right in. Uh, the first one is to rebuild trust in the relationship that's been damaged by sex addiction um, is is the addict needs to be proactive in his own recovery so what that means is that that the wife isn't cracking the whip um she's not working his recovery for him but she can trust that he's going to work his recovery on his own and so kobe i don't know if you want to speak to this if you've been on both (laughs) sides of it Uh,
2: yeah totally this is um not only did i have to face this myself obviously but i i have to like this is part of the message that I have for the guys that I mentor as well. And and this is I would agree with you like key. So the, the, really um, when we first started recovery it was August of 14 and, and I went into therapy saying I'm not going to tell I'm not going to tell Ashley and confess the second affair. I'm going to take that to my grave. And I told that to my therapist. And 6 weeks later while Ashley and I were both simultaneously but individually doing our doing our own work um, she said, "Okay, now you're ready to, to to share that," and and I was freaked out. But once I did, um, Ashlyn came came forward. She said, "Okay, now we're going to do an in home separation," and she said, "This is what I expect from you." And I was already like, I was already going to group willingly because I I wanted to do that. I I, I led us there to uh, to get specialized help, but um, but she said, "I expect you to do all your dailies without me even saying a word to you." Um, we're going to wake wor- work out at six thirty in the morning, and you better be ready. I'm never ever going to say. Um, hey are you ready to go or get up and I expect you to keep these boundaries as well that that we've that we've established you know to keep us safe. and um, that was kind of a wake-up call for me but it was a really important one because um, it was all on me and and I had never been um, I I don't know I I just never been that proactive with really anything in my life where I had I, I had purely owned it like purely owned it for me and so mm-hmm. but but honestly though it was it was um, nice because there was so much turmoil that we were experiencing in that moment because all this had come out second affair and you know 31 years of addiction all that kind of stuff there was so much I couldn't control especially what Ashley you were feeling that it was it, in some ways it was helpful to say okay I'm gonna take all this energy that I have all this angst right, right and all this like burning in my soul that I've caused of course and I'm gonna pour it into my own recovery. Right, right. Well, and, and you know what? So a lot
0: of uh, what you're describing, Kobe, is so different than, than a lot of what I do see. Is I see this external motivation. Guys come to treatment, they get help because they want to save their marriage, um, so they want to do what their wives are telling them to do. And so, and so they're kind of wasting their money and their time um, because they're they're trying to rebuild trust, but they're doing it all out of compliance and all out of you know, they're being willed to it by their wife yeah. and it doesn't rebuild trust. What it makes the wife feel is, gosh, if I were to go out of town or if I if I weren't around, he wouldn't be doing any of this. So what's the point of it? Right. So, A- Ashton, I don't know if you've experienced both sides of that.
1: Yeah. And I think I think the the first 14 years that we weren't act- actively working recovery, we were trying to get into sobriety for you yeah, I was for doing, sure I to be honest did nothing like I didn't read a book I did nothing we just wanted
2: it to go away just
1: go away I prayed I <laughs> tried prayed to pray it away
2: that right. <laughs> didn't work yeah. <laughs>
1: um, no but it was um I think <laughs> I was present in pushing you and and saying okay now so go go to th- if you want help then you go to therapy if you want. Help you go to your church leader. Do you want help? You go to 12-step. Like, this is not my thing. Mm -hmm. And um, so you weren't necessarily doing it for me, maybe. You were trying to do it, but it was for the marriage. I think it was more like,
2: let me alleviate some pain and some stress and some turmoil. And some strife that we're experiencing. And make her stop talking about Not because I wanted to change. Yeah, it's like let's just kind of ease the tension. So I'll just go and check some boxes. Yeah, which, which well, is much different than you
0: getting in. We talked about that last week. Than than you getting in recovery. Yeah, right. Which is so different. Yeah, yeah. for sure.
2: For sure. So.
1: And it did. It it made me be quiet and stop bringing it up because I thought, okay, well, he's a dude. What else? What else do? Right. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. So what was it like for you? Though I'm curious. Like, how long did it take you to really realize that I was owning? Like when we first, when it we started. It took a
1: while to be honest with you because um, I think a big part of it and as weird as that sounds is seeing you wake up and like work out. Next to me, we didn't talk. But <laughs> we didn't. the fact that was always, that was a hard thing for you to get up and work out. And so for me to say, I'm doing it with or without you and I'm not going to wake you up. I'm not going to set your alarm. Like I don't care what you do, but this is what I'm doing to help myself and to have him like join in was okay. Kind of a big deal. So,
0: Ashton, what you just said—if—if if every spouse could apply that to their husbands—not exercise, but overall recovery—which is, look, I'm gonna get healthy myself. I'm gonna work yeah. on me, and whether or not you do it or not, but—and and I'm not gonna wake you up. I'm not gonna push you. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm. Just, you, you're. If—if if you want to rebuild trust, and this is the part of the the spouse's job. There's an element of surrender. There's an element of I let go, and then I just kind of watch to see what you do. I I watch to see if you're a man in recovery. I watch to see if you're going to do it on your own, and and then and then the spouse is kind of seeing: Are you proactive in your own recovery or not? Right. So they let go. They don't control, but they pay attention. So, which leads to the next one, which is um, you're consistent with your actions and your behaviors. So um, that means two things. Kobe. So it, it means, one, you're, you're regulating your emotions. So you're not volatile and crazy with your emotions. You're not up and down and everywhere. Um, that probably took a while. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing it means is that your word means something. That if you say you're going to do something, you follow through and you're consistent with that over and over again. And, um, you know, I've seen really good times. I've seen... Three weeks of good recovery actually do damage to a relationship, because the wife's waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Like, okay, he's not consistent. He he's good for a while, but then then what's going to happen? Yeah. So, when so when I talk about that volatility with your emotions, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm sure Kobe, you've experienced when you, when you're in recovery, you're accepting life as it comes. You're regulating your emotions. When you're numbing out your emotions. I mean, how consistent are you with
2: your behaviors? I, I don't think there was anything consistent about anything that I did aside from showering, going to work, coming home, eating <laughs> three meals a day, right. and then numbing out at, at the end of the night. Yeah. Right. I mean, I was pretty consistent with showing up for like bedtime routine um, for our kids. For sure. Um, but but I saw my kids two hours in every, in every twenty four. Right. Because of work. Um, outside of that, I was not. Consistent right. and 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 that also, like you said, like you've indicated, it's like it showed up in in um, my emotional regulation, my ability to just kind of manage my emotions. I, I really just didn't want to feel, so I was I was anything but consistent emotionally in kind of being in tune with in being in tune with what I was feeling, but also like not letting things get to me. I would, I I was a train wreck really, right. emotionally, right. yeah. I was talking to a, a spouse last
0: week, and she was saying, "I can't trust him. He's so inconsistent. He never follows through." And I said, "Yeah, you can. You can trust it. You can trust him to be untrustworthy. <laughs> yeah, you can trust yeah. him to be inconsistent because that's where that's where he is. Yeah. And and with that, there's no
2: safety in the relationship. Right? No. So. And, and and just to be super clear as well, I'm, I really believe looking back on it. You know, when I was in when I was acting in my addiction, I wasn't safe for me either." Like like I was I was also waiting for the shoe to drop. You yeah. cannot trust yourself. No, no. In, in like in any way. Right. And and I would travel weeks at a time internationally and, and, and I it was just like this anxiety field trip from the moment that it was planned. Mm-hmm. Because ritualization would start and I would just worry and could I do this again and what's gonna happen when I have to tell her again and it was just this wicked gerbil wheel. Yeah. It was it was it was um, horrific actually. Yeah. So have you noticed those those the
0: volatility in his emotions being less? Have you noticed more oh, yeah. consistency and
1: And yeah, and honestly at first it was hard to really trust that like this is gonna last mm-hmm. because it was new. Right. This it was all new. Like we're trying something that's hard and requires us to really put forth effort and not just sit back and hope it goes away. And so I would say months before I felt like, okay, he's really doing this on his own for himself if I'm here or if I'm not.
0: Yeah. So, so what you just brought up, Ashton, is, is so important because the question I get is, what, what can I do? I'm doing everything right. I, and, and the reality is, is you're rebuilding trust. And so it's not you do one thing and then you have trust. It's you yeah. consistently do these things over time. And then, and then she can trust you over time that you're going to consistently respond in those ways. Yeah. And that's what creates creates the safety in the relationship. So, all right, let's move on to the next one, uh, which is pretty straightforward, uh, pretty simple, um, but it's that you're connected to the household needs. And what that means is that your heart and just your mind is, is about your family and your spouse. And if you're always, you know, numbing out on your phone or shut down on the couch or just, just wanting to watch TV all the time. Yeah. You're not bringing home a paycheck. You're not even noticing that a dish needs to be done. Um, that sends a message to a spouse of, look, I'm not, I'm not here with you. You're not, you're not that important to me. And so being connected to the household is really important. And so I don't know how that, I, I hear this one a lot. I hear, well, he does that one pretty good, but the rest he's horrible at. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that so. probably described me. I mean, like I said earlier, it was like I was pretty connected. Like bedtime routine was a was a was a big one for us because I saw the girls like I said two hours and every 24, and and so being there for dinner and being there for for um, the bedtime routine and so forth. I mean, I, I was pretty consistent at that. Um, I I honestly have a really hard time remembering. Um, if I sucked or if I didn't have <laughs> household needs. I know for sure when Ashmore was gone and I would be at home and if I'd relapse, I was like deep cleaning. Like uh, deep yeah. it was my penance, right? Yeah. So my household needs became the way of, of like she'd paying She'd come home and it was a clean house and she'd be like, no. And I know, <laughs> yeah. like, Seriously, it got that way. I was
1: like, why are you cleaning? Totally What's going it. on? Exactly.
2: Okay. Exactly. So, yeah,
1: so he he does help now with the household chores. But I think part of that, it's probably a culmination of, Recovery and we both work from home now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we share the responsibility. But before, you never, I don't remember you like helping with those things. No. Right. For sure.
2: Very rarely. Very rarely.
0: All right. Uh, the last two, I saved these two for last on purpose. Okay. And they're, they're probably two of the, the most important and hardest ones. Um, so the next one is patient and empathetic to her hurt and her pain. And so what that means is that an addict will not be able to hold their spouse's pain very well um, and empathize because her, her emotions trigger his shame. And so he's not able, he gets defensive to, to her emotions. So if he comes home from work and she's spinning out in fear and, and wondering if he's been acting out all day, um, he'll try to fix it. He'll try to tell her how crazy she is, um, shut her down or shut down himself and not even be there for her. And, and it to create safety in a relationship, she needs to feel like, hey, you're there for her. You can hear her. You can hold that space. Um, you're a safe person that she can talk openly about whatever her emotions are. And so, and really the, what we're talking about today has a lot to do with, what we talked about last time, which was recovery. What real recovery is, is when when you can attach and connect in a healthy way. And so, so being able to
2: empathize and hold that space is really important. Yeah, I think the ones that you talked about, all were things that I've done, meaning the things that, uh, being able to, blaming your wife, you're going crazy, or, or going to shame, or shutting down. I, I know I did all of those things. Do you mm-hmm. remember? I mean, me, me doing that, like being yeah, defensive and, I think and going the, to shame. An easy
1: way to describe it is turning everything back on, like, this is about me. Instead of, wait, this is, I was just saying how I felt, but it turned into, like, it was about Kobe. Instead a turn of, of the tables. Yeah. And, yeah. I and I always was crazy. I was the crazy one. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like, it was me.
2: And because I made it. Right. About, meaning I, I manipulated the situation. To be sure, right. to, to to heap it really on on you, and really actually.
0: that's that's what what gaslighting is is that this buzzword of gaslighting, mm-hmm. it's turn it's that subtle turn of the tables back to them, of look you're crazy for the way that you feel, yeah. an addict will say no 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 your your emotions are not crazy in fact they're valid, and you need to feel them and you need to process them and you need to understand them and I'm here for you to to bounce that off of to to, to hold and so. Um, That creates safety Mm -hmm. Um, The story I always tell is I was at a conference and this couple who was in recovery um, They they were doing incredibly well, and and you could tell they had this connection and the safety together And um, she had this boundary of "I I don't want I don't want to see you naked that was her boundary okay, and so he gets home from work And she's in the shower sobbing, just just broken down in the shower. And um, he comes in and hears her in there and just goes into the shower. He's in his suit and his tie from work, fully clothed, water all over him, and just holds her while she cries in his arms. And he knows why she's crying. It's about things that he had done in the marriage. Um, But he's just there for her and lets her sob and lets her... Lets her her feel what she's feeling and doesn't shame her about it, doesn't should her, doesn't fix it, anything like that. And so, you know, some relationships are to the point where where things like that can happen. Mm-hmm. Some relationships aren't. But I I just think it's a good example of holding that pain for the spouse who's in betrayal trauma.
1: So.
2: I, I, have I? I mean, I don't. What does it look like for? I mean, from your eyes, what does it look like for us? I don't know that I don't know how successful. Honestly, yes, I, you've I've been very been.
1: successful at that and. Um, And it again was like this, maybe it took a year for Mm -hmm. us in recovery for me to be like, oh, wait, this is, it feels different because he's not turning everything back on himself and Mm -hmm. the woe is me and I've done this. Playing the victim essentially. Playing the victim. It was like, oh, I'm owning this and I am sorry. And let me listen to how you are feeling and I will own it.
0: That is huge. Yeah. So.
1: Hashtag own it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: all right last one which is very important obviously so so rigorous honesty despite the consequences Uh, how do you build trust without honesty to be super
2: honest about this thing of rigorous honesty (laughs) that's the most that was the most scary thing right that was the most scary thing for me
1: because to tell
2: Absolutely. It goes both ways. Because
1: you're not safe.
2: <laughs> no, we were not safe for, for the other. But but for sure, I think that the that the fear, just kind of thinking out loud here, my fear of the truth was really a measure of the depth of my shame. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: But listen to what you guys are saying. So, Ashlyn, you weren't safe. And so you weren't vulnerable and open and transparent with him. Um, he wasn't safe, so he wasn't vulnerable and open and transparent no with you. Yet both of you wanted connection, <laughs>
1: right? Like yeah, how are you gonna get connection? But you're <laughs>
0: man, you're like you you know you're looking at each other in fear.
1: You go first. Like, yeah, that's really what it is yeah. Yeah. yeah, you open
0: up show and get on your cards tonight. Showing you mine, right?
2: <laughs> like, can I show you one instead of five? Like or half a one? Right. Yeah. That's that's really how I would do. It. I would half truths. Was yeah, my yes. was my standard operating procedure. Let Half-truths. me test how far I can actually. Yes. That right. was totally me. I was so scared. So
0: I think you guys are bringing up another thing that's really important is, is when you're the receiver of that truth to be safe, to be able to hear it and validate and empathize and understand because if that other person is getting honest about something, something that's difficult, yeah. you know, it's important to be able to listen and, and, and be there as well. Yeah. So um, but but really, how are you going
2: to build trust and safety if you can't be honest with each other? Mm-hmm. I, I think it's pretty obvious. That's a that was a hard that was a hard hard road. For us and and, and classic examples, what I shared at the very beginning, I went into therapy in August of fourteen, saying, "Yes, I'm not going to divulge the second affair with Ashlyn because because my narrative in my head was if I share that, the second affair, she's gonna walk, she'll right. leave me, right? right? And that to me was like the ultimate like rejection, and I was I was ultimately most afraid of that.
0: So I have a i, I have a client right now who's who's. Holding firm to, I can't tell her or she'll divorce me. Yeah, and so he has this major relapse secret in the relationship, and I keep telling him, look, your best option, if you want to save your marriage, your your only option is the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you hold this, then you'll just disconnect and you'll stay stay separate from her as far as you need her to be. And so, how are you gonna actually? salvage your marriage mm-hmm. if you tell if you hold this massive secret from her mm-hmm. and so you know rigorous honesty despite consequences a couple of things about it um, if you want to rebuild trust in a relationship then if you're willing to lie about little things and you know things that have nothing to do with recovery or whatever but you're just kind of the lies just kind of come easy Yeah, that sends a message to the, the spouse of like look he's he's more than willing to lie yeah and he's willing to like be in denial and and manipulate and and so why wouldn't he manipulate me and so you're not oh, g- going to create very much safety if you're if you're constantly lying and manipulating
2: so totally. that was yeah. I, there. are just there just wasn't safety but here's what's interesting though about the rigorous honesty piece I knew once we got specialized therapy, and this is one of the reasons why I I, I decided, okay, rather than going to a traditional therapist, I'm going to find a specialist. Yes. Okay. Um, You know, a CSAT like you is because I I thought, okay, no matter what I share, they will surely have heard worse than me. (laughs) No matter what it is I share. And and so just from, I guess, just speaking to the addicts who are listening, um, it's just super important to remember that... um, that once you find a specialist, there's nothing that you're gonna be able to share, there really isn't, that they will not have experienced firsthand or that they will not have heard of secondhand and kind of worked through in a case study format. So that means that, that they're gonna be safe for you. And, and safety is something like, like addiction is like the ultimate lone wolf, lonely road, yes. isolated road. And so finding a specialist for me was like such a relief emotionally i was so fatigued and so tired of 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 the whole thing of lying and of manipulating of of holding up pretensions it was such a great thing so finding safety first if you want to be honest with your spouse start first with being honest with a specialist who's really going to understand exactly what you need and help you on that road and you practice being honest with them and yourself before you can be honest with, at least in my experience, before I was honest with Ashland. it's like I had to really say it out loud in a room with a specialist before I could like even consider sharing it with Ashlyn. But once right. I did, that whole process worked for me. And so right. I guess that's really just a plug to say, Get man, help. the right. Get the right help. The right Absolutely. Kind of help. Absolutely. I,
0: I tell my clients when I first start working with them, one, like I've, I've, I've heard it all. You can't shock me. And and two, I'm I'm not going to judge you. Yeah. Whatever you say, I'm not going to judge you. I just wanna I want to help you through it. And yeah. so, if you can find some somebody who who can do that, pr- provide that safety, start
2: to open up, just start to get more honest. Mm-hmm. And what you just so. said there, Brian, I, I can I can say for sure, having having you know worked alongside you, not just in this capacity with others, and being in your groups, it's that was exactly what it is for me. Is the and that and that goes to that goes that speaks to the skill that that you have in being able to 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 create an atmosphere that is safe. Like, that, there aren't any dumb questions? There's nothing you can share that that, that I haven't already heard. And that is, there, there's no way to quantify the good for an addict that that can do. And right. just saying, okay, here's a safe person. Right. Absolutely. That's a big deal.
0: Okay, so I want to run down the the five things really quickly, and then we'll wrap up. So. First, proactive in your own recovery, okay? Second, consistent with actions and behaviors. Third, connected to household needs. Fourth, patient and empathetic to, to your spouse's hurt and pain. And lastly, rigorously honest despite the consequences. Um, I promise you that trust can get rebuilt. It is possible. And trust is the foundation of, of love. It's the foundation of secure attachment. It's everything in a relationship. So, if you commit yourself to those five things, and those aren't five small things, no, those five things are recovery. Uh, if you commit yourself to those five things, then you're doing everything in your power to rebuild trust in your relationship and yeah last, uh,
2: I mean Ashton, I don't know what what's what safety feel like for you now
1: well not not necessarily what it feels like now. only thing I wanted to add was that it they're stop waiting for a moment to like I'm here now. I have safety. I have trust. It's almost like it just becomes, mm-hmm. and be okay with that process of okay. It's a little step today. I feel this today, and stop worrying about the future. And well, I think you be, you be
0: trustworthy. You don't do trustworthy. You don't. Yeah. I'm gonna do that's this, good. this, and this to be trustworthy. I I'm gonna be trustworthy.
2: Yeah, and that's super absolutely. good. Absolutely. And and for me, I would say that. The, the consistency, everything that you talk about, the, the, these five things, these five points, Brandon, um, for me, the way that i found my way to them is to be mentally focused every day and to be consistent in my effort. Absolutely. And, and just trust that I don't need to watch the clock to see when, okay, we've arrived. We're here at yeah. trust and safety. Yeah. It, it, That's, like you said, it's a yeah. process. And and ultimately, I, I remember looking back, I had to change cognitive. Behaviors like in my head like norms, like ways of living. I had to change the way that I thought, the way that I lived, the way that I defined things, and that takes time and it takes consistent effort, right. it takes mental focus to Absolutely. do that. It's so it's not gonna an be old this...
1: dog new tricks. Yeah, I mean and that's it is yeah. possible, it just takes time.
2: Yeah. For sure, it was it was hard, but it's possible. And it's and a if, process. Yeah. If it happened to me, I mean if if, if I was able if i I'm able to, to live with trust and safety now, it can happen with anybody. Yep. Right. with anybody yep. so guys thanks for being here um you know this has been rich for us we're grateful for your attendance um if you like this share this we love it and also pop down to the bottom of the of the uh you just pop down to where the reviews are love to get a great review and any comments there would be fantastic so um thanks guys we'll thanks. see you again we'll see you
1: bye